Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran, and we're joined today, of course, by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley, and a special guest. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Todd. It's great to be back on the New Media Show, and uh, we've got a terrific guest joining us today, that's for sure. We dive into talking a little about uh, podcasting around the world on this show to some degree, because, mm-hmm. well, he's he's calling in from... Uh, what, it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, why don't you? Where he's at? Why don't, yeah. you, why don't you introduce him? James Cridlin joins us. He's the editor of um, of the of the PodNews.net newsletter. Um, it's basically a newsletter that's kind of taken the industry over by storm, I, I think, and giving us a glimpse into uh, what's happening. You know, really a around the world uh, with podcasting, which has really been great. You know, I've been spending a lot of time over in Europe myself, but James, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, greetings and hello from uh, tomorrow, as it currently is. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's living in the future. I am indeed. I am indeed. Um, so yes, I'm. I'm uh, speaking to you from uh, exciting Brisbane in uh, Queensland in Australia. So uh, even though I have this ridiculous British accent, obviously at at, <laughs> at a ridiculous two o'clock in the morning. So I think uh, yes. I think he's the winner, winner chicken dinner for having joined us at the most obscure <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, of course, you know, uh, James, I'm going to be joining you in tomorrow uh, later this afternoon. <laughs> Yes. Uh, as, well, I, as I fly across the international dateline as well. So yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it, I, I'm just kind of thinking that this is just uh, a little bit of jet lag, basically, you know. And I'm used to that, so that's fine. Right. Well, I'm. You know, we've got a lot going on in the space today, and I just, uh, you know, as always, we don't make any plans when we do this show. We just go live, and we'll talk about the space. And uh, I think what I'll do here is I'll let. Uh, James, uh, give you kind of a, just a, a moment to give everyone a, you know, brief introduction of what you do, your background. So everyone kind of knows what, uh, where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Um, so, uh, I run a, a website called podnews.net, which is a daily newsletter. There's a, there's a, a podcast as well. Uh, but it's mostly a daily newsletter around what's happening in terms of podcasting, um, uh, around the world. Um, and I think that's uh, a pretty important thing because actually when you look at quite a lot of the podcasting, um, uh, the podcasting news that you see, it's just from North America. And of course, there's a lot of news coming out of there. But there's also a lot of news coming out of here in Australia, um, in uh, Europe, particularly in the UK at the moment. So, um, you know, so I cover all of that. My background, I've worked in radio for the last 28 years or so. So I've been a radio presenter and uh, looking after radio strategy, looking after internet strategy. Um, I ended up launching, I think, the world's uh, first mobile phone app for a radio station back in um, early 2005. Um, as well as actually launching um, the world, uh, the UK's first daily podcast from a radio station um, uh, in the same year, in uh, January of 2005, I think. So I ended up coding the, the RSS feed uh, for it <laughs> and ended up going to the first podcast conference in London in um, September of 2005. So, um, and that was interesting. I think that was the first UK uh, conference for podcasting. And um, myself and um, and another guy called Chris were two people from uh, mainstream media. 
and I was uh, I, I remember being rather roundly shouted at for not understanding what the uh, what the future was, not understanding uh, anything about <laughs> podcasting, uh, except there we were already doing you know tens of thousands of downloads every single show. So that was a, that was an interesting <laughs> an interesting experience. But um, but yeah, so I've been you know very much involved in the podcasting. Uh, and radio space for the last, um, uh, you know, 15 years or so and, you know, and really enjoying it. So, yeah. You know, one thing that I think Rob and I, and if you've listened to the show for, well, we haven't talked about it in a while, but one of our big frustrations uh, with some of the folks that were covering the space and providing, mm. you know, I know you don't provide a lot of commentary, although you do uh, right, kind of try not to. Yeah, you yeah. you do some feature articles once in a while. Yeah, but um, you know, there was a few other, you know, well, one specifically that just was focused on this East Coast bubble, and and I don't, you know, I think that individual is becoming less relevant at this point because he's only focused on that, and so it was nice. I, I was excited when you know you come out with your daily newsletter. And we got this whole worldwide scope. I got to see what was going on in Australia, England, mm. uh, everywhere, where you're digging out sources that uh, others had not in the past. And I think, Rob, I think you would agree with that. But it, mm. it, it, it's hard sometimes. We get in this bubble, and uh, we don't know what's going on there's in the quite, rest of the space. There's quite a lot of parallels, I think, in between how podcasting uh, has been in a in you know a focusing on what's going on in your own country and and exactly the same has happened in uh, radio so you know I mean typically if you were to look uh, back about uh, 20 or so years ago the only radio station that you would care about if you were running one is your your competition in the same town um, and now of course everybody's concerned about everything that's that's uh, going on um, and you know podcasting particularly being really global yes there are different business conversations going on in every single uh, country uh, yes every single country is in a slightly different um, point in the path but actually you know there's still an awful lot of very interesting um, you know very interesting activity going on and I think that that's been really interesting and I think particularly being here in Australia seeing some of the things going on here um, and obviously being a Brit and uh, having worked for the BBC as you know as we all have to at, at some stage in our life um, as well as uh, commercial broadcasting there, you know, I, I I kind of felt that you know it was a good opportunity to look at a bit more of a global uh, view of how podcasting is doing, and also keeping it as short as I possibly can. And that's the other thing. I think that there's a lot of very lengthy uh, commentary around podcasting, when actually all you really want is what's happened. You know, here's a link to find out more. Absolutely. But, you know, what's happened yesterday? Um, you know, what are the new deals? You know, what are the new podcasts which are out? All of that kind of uh, of uh, stuff. And I think that's, uh, you know, hopefully a useful thing. Yeah, I think it has been. So what I've been doing here is tweaking the colors today. Sorry, as we're talking. <laughs> so that the screen looks, get a little shadow on uh, James's screen. Um, Rob, uh, I'll let you interject here. Yeah, well, I was just wanting to uh, talk a little bit about um, what is happening um, around the world with podcasting. You know, I mean, like like you guys have alluded to, things have been very focused on what's happening in the U.S. 
Um, but there are a lot of activities happening in other countries around the world, and, and um, there really hasn't been kind of a a view on that until you know what you started doing, James, um, in in what's been happening. Um, but kind of take us through this this journey over the last couple of years of what you've seen, because I know you've been traveling around the world, uh, speaking at conferences, whether it be radio or podcasting conferences and coming to the U.S. too. But I mean, as you contrast what you're seeing happening in other countries around the world, kind of where is the rest of the world when it comes to podcasting right now? And kind of give us your your view on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been interesting seeing um, different parts of the world uh, trying to work out uh, where, the, where their future of podcasting is and what we've certainly seen you know certainly over the last couple of um couple of months is we're seeing companies like you know wnyc uh, as one as one example um doing deals with individual companies in in australia or in canada or in the uk to represent them in terms of advertising because um podcasting has always been global um, if you are in an English-speaking uh, country, then there's lots of podcast consumption going on. But quite a lot of that podcast consumption is to North American podcasts. So the most popular podcast, which is subscribed to at least here here in Australia, is This American Life. Um, now, that's actually broadcast on the radio here as well. But it's actually the most popular podcast in terms of the amount of sub, 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 uh, subscriptions. If you look at, um, you know, if you look at local podcasts, of course, you know, the ABC's uh, stuff does very well here, you know, as does uh, as does other stuff as well. Um, but there is an awful lot of English speaking podcasting, which goes everywhere. And I think that's interesting when you start having a look into France, into Germany, into the Netherlands, where um, the Netherlands, for example, and Scandinavia, lots of people there speak English really, really well. France and Germany, not so much. So actually, you know, it's been very interesting seeing that, you know, Europe are uh, the big uh, national radio station there. They've just launched their first, they call it a native podcast, you know, a podcast which they're not just repurposing, uh, you know, broadcast stuff there. Um, and similarly, uh, in Germany, we're seeing lots of um, stuff from the the newspapers um, from uh, Audible, which is doing great guns over there, um, you know, as well as as well as independent podcasters as well so you know i i think i think that when you start looking at those countries where english is definitely a language which not that many people speak podcasting has been much much slower um and of course each each individual country has its own um weird and wonderful market so the bbc for example in the uk does um you know incredibly well in terms of producing uh, talk radio, speech radio, as, uh, as they call it there, they do that really well. And because they do that really well, they've produced a ton of podcasts. And what they've recently done is they've started producing podcasts, which aren't just reformatted versions of their radio shows, but specifically for podcasting. Um, and that's been really interesting because actually that's meant arguably that um, many people in the UK have found it a little bit more difficult to get in through the door and produce great podcasts because, you know, if you've got a juggernaut like 
the BBC there with the type of um, pulling power that they have for uh, for a talent. It's quite hard. Um, but, you know, there again, really nice to see lots of entries for the British Podcast Awards, which were announced a couple of weeks ago. Lots of great uh, independent podcasts, which have, uh, you know, won a ton of awards there as well. So, you know, it, it is really interesting. Every different country is slightly different all the way through. Sorry. I mean, it certainly seems like there, there's more and more podcasting conferences and events going on um, around the world. I got pulled over to one in, in Portugal. It was actually a journalism conference, mm. the Gen Summit, and did a two-day workshop in Lisbon. And I know that uh, you just got back from Radio Days, right? So you were at the, the, um, the Radio Days kind of podcasting days event. And so how did that go? I mean, what was the representation? I had heard that, that, that there was a lot of U.S. podcasters at that event as well, but I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of folks from, from Europe and, and around the world at that event too, I would Yeah, imagine. so, I mean, I, I, I've been involved with Radio Days Europe for quite some time now. It's the, uh, it's the world's largest radio conference. Uh, and what they did last year is they had a, a spin-off, which was a, a podcasting uh, uh, a day um, where they were actually focusing on um, on this new area to them. Um, and that's been very interesting. I gather I wasn't actually there, um, although oh, yeah. uh, although I covered it, you know, uh, um, you know, by uh, by having a look at what was actually going on. But I did okay. I, I did I did spot, you know, that there were, um, as you say, a bunch of U.S people there but also lots and lots of um of interesting speakers particularly around you know the uh particularly around the german market um the dutch market where they've got um you know a lot of very interesting things going on sweden is fascinating in that all of the individual podcasters in uh, sweden have all joined together um and are doing stats um for themselves so actually there is a swedish podcast chart um which is actually a believable podcast chart which is based not from weird algorithms to do with a subscribe button so that's a handy <laughs> thing you know so um you know so it's really interesting seeing you know as i say uh, some of the differences there and and and, and a ton of really interesting things you know the 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 that was said at that particular conference there's also um ozpod here in australia which uh, has been run for the last couple of um couple couple of years or so i think the next one uh is um towards um the end of uh, fall as you would call it or the beginning of summer mm -hmm. as we would call it um yeah. uh, and that's going to be quite nice um and you know and it is interesting actually seeing the amount of radio conferences that are now including podcasting in there a lot so i actually run a, a radio conference in the uk called next radio um very good website next.radio um, but, uh, you know, that this year has a lot more podcasters in there and a lot more interesting stuff for people who are making audio, whether it's on the radio or on podcasting. Um, and I think we're seeing that an awful lot as well. One thing that's kind of interesting is you mentioned that the podcasters had joined up and are, um, you know, basically uh, pulling their stats together. Um, yeah. We've, we've had some calls with them in conjunction with the IEB. I just wish they would um, adopt the U.S.-based IEB standards. Um, a lot of resistance uh, to that. So um, 
that would be my only hope that they would do that at some point um, and uh, basically fall in line with the, uh, and not say fall in line, but hope they will adopt the, the standards that have been come up with. It's just, yeah, a, I mean, oh, by I, the I way, mean, I think, it, I think it goes both, both uh, ways. I mean, I think that, you know, NPR, for example, has spent a long time um, plowing its own furrow and not talking to um, to international broadcasters as well. So I think, you know, wouldn't it be really nice if the entire industry was talking together? Well, and the, not and not and not having a U.S. version and and a European version, uh, you know, and everything else. But actually, I I completely agree. What we need is one standard way of measuring uh, how successful a podcast is. Um, and the difficulty, you know, with a lot of these uh, stats is that is that quite a lot of the of the output from them is actually hidden away. So we still don't know what the most popular podcast is in France or in Germany or in the U.S. We we still don't have that visibility because there's no uh, public um, uh, data which is um, made made available there. And you've got you know PodTrack that's measuring a small amount of folks who 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 then publish that, and that's all fine. But actually, wouldn't it be great to get much more visibility there? Because actually, that would benefit all of us. I think. Well, from a business perspective, most don't want to show their cards. So yeah. it's, it's not a matter of, it's totally doable. Um, mm. and I know Rob, you guys made your stuff public for those that wanted to make it public, but, mm. uh, for the most part, most shows or most, especially those that are in business don't want to, don't want to lay their cards out. But, you know, it's going back to the, the standards. But why, why is that though, Todd? Because, you know, if you, if you run a newspaper, um, then the the readership figures are available for anybody. If you run a TV network, then the TV network figures are available well, that's, for, that's a, for everyone. That's not an actual on TV networks. That is a, that is a, a reading point. Yeah. yeah, there's no yeah. real true number. It's a it's an estimation because there's no real way to get a real number unless it's a cable. But yeah, Rob, what do you think? What do you think the reason is? Oh, I I just think it's it's something that started out very early and that that visibility wasn't um, ever really um, done by podcasters. I mean, I think it's, it's been one of those things too, that, um, you know, I think podcasters are are proud of their numbers when they're really big, but they're not so proud of it when they're small. That's so true. Th- yeah, of course. <laughs> there's a little bit of a psychology thing going on here too, but, but I, I, I do think that we're talking about maybe two different things. Um, I mean, if we're talking about trying to find like a ranking chart of the top 25 podcasts in Germany or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to show the numbers to have a ranking chart, but I guess, no, great. I guess it, it just depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about displaying of individual show numbers, or we're talking about displaying of <clears throat> numbers that are kind of rolled up across an entire industry or an entire country. And I agree with, um, you know, the thought that it would be really great to have, you know, a top 200 ranking chart that was actually accurate. I think a lot of people would be look shocked. at the, the Apple, yeah, of oh, course, yes. the, the <laughs> Apple podcast ranking top 200, um, a lot of people misunderstand what that means and yes. think that it's the top 200 list and, and it really is not. And, mm. and 
pod track is also misunderstood. They think it's, it's a roll up of the industry. And, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're in this kind of this weird zone of people's perception as being wrong. And, and, but the industry isn't working together to, to aggregate numbers because nobody trusts anybody to, <laughs> to actually do that properly yeah. and be unbiased and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know what's your thought about trying to, you know, like maybe have a, you know, like what's in the music you know, side or the movie blockbuster, you know, kind of industry where they roll up numbers and you have a third party an unbiased third party kind of manage that. Yeah. I mean, you know, to me, uh, uh you know, it, it is, it is, as you say, you know, it's available in every other or many other, uh, media. Um, and, <laughs> You know, to a point, the podcasting industry, we've we've got to a stage now where we've been um, where we've been doing some really interesting things for the last 10, 12 years. But actually, there are bits of the industry, I think, that we actually need to grow up and we actually need to be adults. Uh, about this. And one of them is analytics. And one of them is also not Mm -hmm. leaving our entire industry, um, not, not, you know, um, uh, betting our entire industry on, on, uh, Apple, which has, <laughs> which is, which is running, it's running over 90% of all of the podcast industry. No, that's it not might, true. It might be, it might be not even close but, anymore. It, ah, no it, downloads through Apple is about 60%. Yeah. But actually, when you start having a look into where do Pocket Casts get their uh, get their um, their yeah. uh, data for that's uh, true, data, right, right? Data from <laughs> they get them from the Apple I- iTunes API, as does almost everybody, with three exceptions. That's a real yeah. concern because that's over ninety <laughs> percent of people, over ninety yeah. percent uh, uh, of that, and. And, you know, if you have a look at the figures which came out last week, $318 million that the U.S. industry, the U.S. podcast industry uh, uh, apparently made last year, $318 million. Apple makes that in six hours. And and Apple makes zero, zero from podcasting, zero money from podcasting. And why are they going to sit there and bankroll the entire the entire data structure of how podcasting works in the future and what happens if they just pull the plug if they what pull, happens uh, if if you know the the iTunes <laughs> API they just close that off you know what what happens there we're all screwed you no know, my phone explodes <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Poor Todd. <laughs> you know, it's a terrifying, it's a terrifying thing. And, and you know, so I, I, I just wonder whether it's with the analytics or whether, whether it's with the, just the whole system of how the podcast industry works. Um, you know, I mean, that that's just such an unacceptable business risk in any other business. It would be an unacceptable business business risk to be basically taking all of your data off a different company where you've not even signed a contract because you don't have to sign a contract to get in uh, into the iTunes API. It's a horrifying thing. You, you know, but, uh, hey, you want to come on as a salesman? <laughs> 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 no, you know something, you know, and, and I agree. I wholeheartedly agree yeah. with that because, you know, we, we've talked to app developers and said, you know, where are you pulling your data? Well, pulling it from iTunes, from the API. So what happens if they yeah. shut it down? 
I'll worry about it then. And I'm like, you don't have your own <laughs> database. Number one, you have no infrastructure behind your app besides the API you're pulling from them. So don't, so don't get me wrong. I mean, there are, there are quite a few people who have their own databases and who are, um, and who are running uh, their systems to poll 550,000 RSS feeds. Uh, and they're wasting their time doing that when they could be making their apps better. Um, but, you know, I mean, all of that, all of that is going on and, and there are people who are pulling in their data, but the only way that they know new podcasts, which are appearing is by looking at the Apple, uh, uh, yeah. by looking at the iTunes charts and working sure. out what's new and what they haven't got in their d- database already. You know, it's a real, yeah. it's a real worry. Once again, <laughs> once again, uh, I'm not so my source, new source data yeah. comes from multiple sources because the same exact thing. The question yes. came up, what happens if they close the API? How do we, how do we update? Yeah, yeah. How, how do we, how do we, and, uh, and kind of like, oh, so, you know, we had to come up with our own scraper, mm. you know, and deter- ways to find new shows. But, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, it would, it would, it would be ugly. And they have throttled their API before. So, you know, this is something that a lot of podcast apps won't tell you is that they do throttle from time to time. Too many hits to the system, they get, they get throttled. And then the, the user experience isn't as good for their listeners on their apps. I mean, so, Rob, am well, I, am I going, uh, am I going off on one here or is there, is there a concern on, you know, on your side as well? Well, yeah, I think there, there, there is. And I think if you back up and you look at the big picture of the whole situation, I, I think a lot of the apps that are even on Android are pulling, are yeah, using the APIs yeah. from same Apple. Thing. So, yeah. so you kind of look at it from that perspective, but I think, um, over time and what we're starting to see happen with, um, uh, the, the potential of Pandora and Spotify and now, now Google getting into the mix here, um, and having something brewing and coming here, um, that maybe this problem will be fixed. Um, I don't know, but, but the question gets back to is, is even Google going to pull on Apple's API to, to populate their, their well, at catalog? the moment but, it is. Yeah, but <laughs> probably, but probably not. My guess is that they're going to want to build an independent thing and not even get connected up with yeah. that at all. But, but I think that that problem is going to be, Fix and I think that th- there's a connection, James, to talk about with you about that because um, as you look at and I I saw this at the Gen Summit that I was in 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 uh, Lisbon where the crowd was asked um, how many people in the audience are on iOS versus how many people are on Android and across the board and I've heard this at at multiple conferences in in Europe but most people in Europe are on Android, right? Mm, is yeah. that uh, is that true from what you're seeing? And if that's the case, then maybe that's one of the the reasons that podcasting has been so behind in in adoption overseas and around the world. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, don't know. What's I your think thoughts absolutely, on? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, un- undoubtedly, the fact that podcasting is harder on an Android phone 
um, is one issue. I, I would also say, I mean, you know, I, I, I saw somebody in a Facebook group the other day saying, um, I've got a hundred, uh, a couple of hundred dollars to spend on some advertising on Facebook. So obviously I'm going to link people to the iTunes, um, to my iTunes page, um, with my money. And you're there going, why would you do that? And they, and they then came back and said, well, most people tune into podcasts on, I, on, on Apple um, and you say, well, obviously they will if you're only linking to the iTunes page, you know. So, um, you, you know, and my my advice to her, which is the same advice that I give to anybody who is launching a podcast, is please do not link just to the Apple uh, site. Link to your own website and make sure that your own website, I mean, ideally fix your website so that it shows the right app for your device. That would be the ideal thing. Um, but if you're not doing that, then at least link to more than just, uh, you know, Apple. And some people go, well, what I'll do is I'll link to Apple and then to Google Play. Folks, Google Play only works in the US and Canada. It doesn't work anywhere else. <laughs> you know, you simply can't get podcasts on it. So why would you do that? And it's just such a frustration. <sighs> there's, there's this Apple myopia going on. You could probably tell that I don't use Apple devices <laughs> that much, and I'm on Android. Um, and I'm and I'm enjoying Google's new Google's new app. By the way, it's um, you know it's it's a bit basic, but it's okay. Oh, you know, I think what it is, Rob, is that maybe James and I are more alike than what we thought we were, <laughs> you know, because it's 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 a major, major frustration for me. Every year when we do when I do the podcast awards, I go through and we have a, a bot that uh, we built that goes out and uh, basically goes through podcasters homepages and mm. it looks for okay do they have an rss feed link do they have um an android some sort of android link and you know basically we're trying to figure out what they're putting on it's not a perfect science but it's pretty good it's about a 90 percent solution as far as being able to tell pull nuggets off a site and say what have they linked to and um Every year, I'm just, I continue to be astonished by, number one, only having an iOS link. Yes. Not even, I mean, not even a, a, a whisper of anything linking to Android. Um, it's gotten better, but, you know, that we started on a, and I've, people are sick of hearing this, but we started on a mission about three and a half years ago to build Android subscriptions. That's why we launched subscribe on android.com. That's why we made one click possible with, I think we're up to 15 apps that support it now. It's the same experience as iOS. You click on the link. If you have the app on your mobile phone, it loads and you can subscribe. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the app on the phone, the you're, you're presented with some apps to load. It, it, anyway, long story short, those that have adopted it, and we see on our system, because no one else adopted it except for us, because it was a blueberry thing. So people said, oh, we're not going to, we, even though we gave it to the community, no one's going to adopt it. We see huge inroads, huge, huge, mm. huge inroads of new, well, the, the, the by this time next year, uh, we will be 50-50 for the majority of our podcasters that are 
providing a, an opportunity for an Android link on their website. It's, it's, we see every month we see the number come down. Uh, specifically for, again, for that subset of shows. And these are new listeners, not audiences yeah. are growing. These are, we see that subset, we see that percentage shrinking. And though we go look at another, because we've got all these stats, I got 50,000 shows we're measuring. I can go and look at a show and look at their website and say, oh, no iTunes link. Yeah, of course. Mm. No, I mean, no Android, of course, no Android. Yeah. So Listeners. I ended up linking, uh, I mean, obviously I'm writing about podcasts every single day. Uh, one of the problems that I very quickly realized is that I couldn't link to podcasts in a consistent way because either the podcasts didn't have a website at all, which is right. crazy from my point of view, or they were only linking to iTunes anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up building, uh, um, it's just a little script that sits there and um, and you know, you, you, you say, you know, how, how, uh, it, it, it comes up with a, how to listen. Cause I, I refuse to use the S word. So it's how to listen <laughs> to this podcast right. and there's a player and then underneath, um, there's a whole set of, of icons that open up, um, uh, that open up the, the right app on your device. So if you're looking at it on an, on an iPhone, then it'll have, you know, Apple Podcasts and Overcast and Radio Public. Mm -hmm. And if you have a look on an Android phone, then it'll have um, your subscribe on Android um, uh, page, but also Pocket Casts and mm -hmm. other things in there as well. So it's a really, you know, I, I, I'm doing it not, not because I want the traffic. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't want the traffic and I don't really want to pay for all of these, uh, all of these additional pages. But um, I'm doing it because it was the only way to link to a podcast. Um, so, um, you know, so my, my ideal is that I don't have to do that for much longer, but, you know, certainly it's, it's, it's been a really interesting experience so far, seeing how people have linked to their podcasts and actually, you know, just the, we've got to link to Apple. And maybe part of that is we've got to link to Apple because otherwise we won't get into the Apple charts. Yeah. You know, that might be it. Well, on, on that note, too, I, I just wanted to mention, too, I mean, Todd and I, you know, and I, you know, and we've said this before on the show, we definitely appreciate everything that Apple's done to oh, build, help help build this industry. And so, I mean, us course, talking yeah. about Android is is not necessarily uh, a bash against no, Apple. No. Um, because those guys have been supportive of us from, from so 2005. My bash so, is, my bash is yeah. against the podcasters that won't wake up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I know that, um, <laughs> that the opportunity going forward is, is going to include Apple and it's going to include, a, you know, at least probably 50, 60% yeah. of the listener base of the podcasting space will probably remain Apple. Um, but, but I think that there's this other side of it um, that we can pick up a lot more growth and build the listener scale. And I know that that's what some of the new entrants into this medium yeah. are really focused on, which is the, the, the listening side. And I think, and that's, I think that's, that's really important. That's the interesting yeah. side about, the, about um, what, uh, what Google's uh, strategy is of just building mm -hmm. podcasts into the search results. 
And that's the yeah. that that's the reason why they've done it in this weird and kooky way of building in a, a podcast app into the Google app, which is installed on every single Android phone out there. Um, it's so that actually, if you do a Google search for something, and it might be for the name of a show, but it might also be just for, you know, knitting patterns or something, and it comes back with a podcast, and that happens to be a podcast about knitting with some play buttons in there already. And so all of a sudden, that should, if everything all works out right, um, switch loads more people on to podcasts. Um, and I think, you know, this is, is one of the things that I found fascinating. There's some research done uh, in the US and Canada, and it was done with people who use radio station websites. Okay, so radio superfans, if you like. And they were asked, um, uh, do you listen to podcasts? And some of them did and some of them didn't. Of the people who didn't, uh, who didn't listen, they were asked, why don't you listen to podcasts? 21% of people said, we don't understand how they work. 64% of people said, we don't understand why we should. And uh, and so really, we, we should be focusing not on the what is it, we should be focusing on the why should I care? You know, we should be focusing on the 64%, not on the 21%. The 21% is fine, you know, we'll go and talk to them about apps and RSS feeds and everything else if we really have to. But actually, let's just focus on the 64% of people that don't know the, the amazing content which is out there on a podcast, the amazing things that they can actually find. You know, if we focus on that 64%, then, you know, then um, uh, we stand to really, really win out of this, I think. Well, and I think that's that kind of screams the opportunity of Android here. So, yeah. I mean, I think we've got to appeal to that side of the potential listener base that is currently relatively untapped, and and I think that's that's the opportunity going forward. And and you know, I know I'm I'm extremely supportive of what Google's trying to do, and and hoping that Spotify and Pandora and all these folks can can really make a dent on that on that side of the equation, because I, I agree. I think that there's, there's at least half of the world's population that just doesn't care about podcasting right now because they don't know how to connect to it. But it also begs another question too. Does this industry need to, um, come together a little bit more and work together? And, and how do you guys think that that might be possible? I mean, how might we pull together these, um, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of stray cats that uh, is typically populated the podcasting space. Well, that's, that's a hard one. Yeah. But I did want to make one mention to something James said. He said that you mm. like to use the listen word. Um, yeah. Yeah, you yes. know, so I agree. I want people to listen. And, I, and I've long said I don't care where they listen as long as they listen. I don't care where they find the show. But ultimately, mm -hmm. I want them to subscribe. And I know you don't like using that word, uh, it appears, but when they listen, I give them every opportunity to let them know they can subscribe because that yeah. really is the long-term way to build bigger audiences. But, um, you know, what Google has done is, I think, a, a good first step. But until the day that a brand new Android phone is delivered and that there is a dedicated app installed in the Google box in a new android phone mm -hmm. um it's not going to be as effective as uh, as anything else they have they have to have their own uh dedicated app now 
I mean, I think I think there's two sides uh, uh, to it. There's there's yes, absolutely, have a dedicated app that that sits there, um, and you know, and 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 you can already get that on your on your Android phone. Um, but, but you have to other, you have to do something to get it there now. It's yeah, not, but you have to right. do some weird thing. So right. you know, it's 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 yep. there, uh, hidden away on, mm-hmm. the, on on my phone. But yeah, but you have to do a weird thing at the moment. So actually, adding that uh, icon into the Google Play Store so that it's there makes a bunch of sense. Um, so I would definitely agree with that. But I think you know, again, we're talking there to people. We're talking to the twenty one percent of people that don't know how rather than the 64% of people who don't know why. Um, and I think we're much better um, if we focus more on why should you listen to a podcast, that is a much larger market that we can that we can attract. Podcasting is still relatively small in comparison to where it could be. And I think if we focused on the uh, tell me why rather than tell me how, I think I, I think that we'll that we'll succeed, which is why podcasting you know podcasts appearing in your search results whenever you're using the internet whenever you're using google and you just search for mm-hmm. something and a podcast play button appearing in there that's a real winner um and i think it's very clever the way that um you know the way that that might um you know that might change our fortunes a, a, you know a little bit i think if you think about you know if you today when you go to just google.com and I know most people don't do that because they'll search in the browser. And let's just search for new media show. And let me bring this up. Do I have the right screen? Uh, and I'm on a Chrome browser on a desktop, so this is not for a... Uh, so if I bring up newmediashow.com, just an example, what mm. we have... Okay, so if you look... You know, I know it's hard to see because I've got the screen really wide. Uh, let me see if I yeah. can shrink this here. So you've got all news, video, images, shopping, more. And I really think if if Google gives equal play and puts podcasting up here on this top line in these search results, which that that would do it. That would uh, that would explode things in a, in a big, big way if they gave equal, you know, because they've got video. Where does that obviously go to? That's going to, you know, give, probably give a lot of YouTube results, which it does. You know, the images brings up normal images. News is news. But if they had a podcast link up here, oh, oh you know, that's like the golden grail. That's a gift yeah. that's going to keep on giving. And that's going to take us to to 500 million. No, I, would, I, I would definitely agree. Yeah, of I course. mean, if you, do, if you do the same search on, on, on a mobile on phone, Android phone, right. then that's what you get. And of you course. can actually see that you can actually see. And this is, and this was just a... This was just a sorry. Here, here you go. Here's here's the Google search. Yeah. So you can see that there's play buttons there already. All I've done is a search for new media show. I haven't had to click into mm-hmm. podcasts because I, I don't know what a podcast is. True. True. You know, and I think that that's really exciting. But, but yeah, I I agree. I mean, but more, it, more ways into all of this is really important. But, and I think you know, it, it was interesting seeing what. Um, Stuart Last of of uh, Audio Boom was saying uh, last week uh, in an interview that he gave me, and he was talking about the idea of all podcast companies putting ten percent of their marketing uh, budget into marketing podcasts like the Potato Marketing Board. 
yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Putting putting 10% of their marketing budget into marketing podcasts on things that aren't online. So actually getting podcasts into, I was going to say into the New York Times, that's a really bad example, but getting <laughs> getting podcasts offline onto the sides of buses, onto billboards, mm. onto all of this kind of kind of stuff, that's really exciting. But, and if we can get, you know, maybe the podcast marketing board, I mean, you know, will anybody do it? Who knows? But, but you know, I, I think that that, that – um, that could offer something, you know, quite quite interesting into where the future is. But if you, James, I I don't know how much exposure you get to American television networks, but there is rarely a day goes by or an hour mm. goes by, and listening to almost any mainstream TV here that you, and I know what you're saying on billboards, on buses, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think doesn't an hour go by where you hear someone say, "Get our podcast." You know, yeah, yeah. so I think the from a, a television standpoint, at least in the United States, we've gotten yeah. huge, huge exposure um, mm-hmm. from television and the likes of, you know, just celebrities and so forth. But that that points them towards their shows, but that doesn't bring them back to that uh, yeah. to the 500,000 other shows that are out there. Um, I think mean, what do you do you see in Australia? Do you see the Australian broadcasters? asking their audience to subscribe to their podcast is that is that a commentary point there's some and i and i um it's one of the things that i get frustrated with uh is that some of the some of the australian broadcasters aren't doing a good enough job uh in terms of that but you know as you say there is definitely some the abc is very good at um lots of um tv ads for some of the new podcasts that it's been doing um and the same goes for the bbc in the uk in particular um you know who are doing great guns in terms of that as well and i think you know they are doing a good education process um in terms of you know, explaining the type of content that you can get, and, and, and you know, and how it works, and it helps that they they push their own uh, apps as well, mm-hmm. because at least at least that's a way in. Um, but uh, yeah, but I think you know there is there is plenty you know there's plenty more that can be done. Actually, uh, you know, only yesterday I picked up a copy of the big uh, quality uh, paper here, the the Australian, and uh, that had on the front page a story about a particular uh, true crime investigation that they had been doing. Um, that is their big podcast at the moment. And that is their top story because uh, someone contacted them with some new information into this. Hmm. Um, you know, so so there's definitely some of this stuff going on. Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, again, it comes down to the 64% of people who don't know why rather than the 21% of people who don't know how. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that's a really interesting figure and, and, and uh, you know, just something for us to, to focus. And the question then comes back, you know, are we better talking about how to listen to a podcast or are we um, complicating things if we start talking about, you know, and you can subscribe with this app and you can blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember the, the, the video with, with Mary and Ira Glass promoting uh, cereal, uh, you know, as it was. And Mary, this 80-year-old, was explaining how a podcast worked. And literally, it was go to the website and press the play button. Um, 
And then Ira Glass says, you know, and if you're really into it, then you can find these apps and they'll automatically download it and stuff. But the most important thing is go to the website and press the play button. And I just thought that as a as a way in, that's a pretty good way in, isn't it? Most most podcasters don't have a website. <laughs> well, yeah, there is always that. <laughs> If or they have a website was, and they have to say, if go. only there was somebody to help them, Todd. If only there was somebody to help them. Well, you know, they, they can help themselves. They don't need me, you know. It's not complicated. They can, you know. Well, they, I think, yeah, and I think that the whole uh, topic of su subscribe is, it's not so much the the word that's important. It's the, it's what the action means. And I think yeah. that the action means that that listener has made a commitment to to listen to that show on a regular basis and has um, connected with the show and made a conscious choice to say, I want to listen to this show on a regular basis. And I think that's what we're trying to achieve with it. I think um, it's great to drive people to just click the play button to uh, what I call is kind of sample the content um, yeah. to make a choice before you commit to it. And I think that's kind of how I think we have to look at this too. And, and, um, and somehow, you know, I know that on the speaker platform, we played around this concept of having your show favorites, right. Or, um, but it is a little bit of a, of a middle ground between just going to a website and clicking the play button and actually subscribing because subscribing is, you know, you've made, you know, you've made a serious commitment. I think a lot of people perceive the word subscribe as something that you pay for, right. So yeah. In some ways, that's a pretty deep engagement layer um, that a podcast listener goes through to connect with a show. And the whole practice of um, subscribing and then having the automatic download, um, as you look to the future, and I'll be real honest, you know, and Todd, you know, Todd and I have talked about this whole download model with podcasting and and how important it is today. Um, but it does beg the question, how important is subscribing to an auto download in a world that we're all connected to big fat right. pipes of internet, right? Or maybe what you're favoriting or you're subscribing to is actually just metadata, right? And that metadata um, comes into your device and it just reminds you that a new episode is available and that's good enough. But the, but one of the things that will <clears throat> be a limiting factor in the success of your podcast is that subscribe button initiates a, a play on the platform, whether or not you're listening or not. And I think those are kind of, you know, as you look about, look at where the future of this medium goes, um, I think that more and more people are going to do the favorite model, um, because yeah. this auto download function just, it, it's not necessary anymore. And I think, you know, so what do you guys think about that Rob, transition? Rob, though, you're saying that from a perspective of, of having lived in the United States and have lots of bandwidth. No, that's, that's part of my, my question. <clears throat> there are a lot of places around the world that have ubiquitous big fat pipes going to mobile devices, but you're right. There's other places where, where we still have this kind of download paradigm that people aren't always connected. There's places in the U.S. that are still like that, too. Go to rural America. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and don't don't get me started on the internet here in Australia. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I find it interesting. You look at something like Netflix, and Netflix is streaming first, and then download came along much later. Um, and the same, you know, and the same goes for you know many other apps like it. Um, yeah. uh, and you know, I, I think it's interesting when you have a look at the Google uh, podcast app. It is it's very bare bones. But um, when you subscribe, you are exactly subscribing, as you say, Rob, you're subscribing to uh, a notification that appears on the screen and goes, there is a new episode of this show. Mm -hmm. Um, But what it's not doing is it's not automatically downloading it. What you can do is you can make it download um, uh, uh, shows if you want to, but it won't automatically download it. and I think, you know, as you as you say, I, I think it's it is probably just the way that it used to work is of course, you know, iPods had no cellular connection. Um, you know, iPodder or Juice, you know, way way <laughs> back when, Ooh. you know. That that uh, <laughs> You know that that was a wonderful thing, but again, that was deliberately built that way to suck this programming down, so that you didn't have to be connected to your office Wi-Fi when you were having a listen to it. So, um, you know, so maybe it's a a tradition thing that we've felt that downloads are the most important thing. Because the other the other side, of course, is that as soon as you download a file, it gets much harder to do the analytics. Um, you know, and, and if there's one thing that you know, and I worked at the BBC uh, on the on their iPlayer uh, uh, service, and if there's one thing that you know from streaming, it's exactly when somebody started, exactly when somebody stopped, um, and you know, getting that information from a download is much much harder. You can still do it, but it's much much harder, and it depends on every single podcast app manufacturer, app developer sticking that information in there and some of them have um you know i mean marco uh from um uh overcast has point blank said i am not giving those um those naughty podcast um uh makers any data about my users well guess what marco they're kind of our users they're podcast users as well um are you really not going to give us any information whatsoever you know, is that really the best plan to grow our industry? I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a strange conversation to have, I think. Well, considering... Well, that's rad, right? That's, that's rad, that's, yeah. That's, that's the NPR rad program. You know, yeah. in the, the challenge with rad, quite frankly, is that um, there's huge privacy concerns. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and, and as a podcaster, um, I want that data. But as a podcast listener, mm, I mean, I'm not so I'm not so excited about sharing everything that I'm, you know. Yeah. But if as long as it's anonymized, and yeah. and you know, believe me, everything and it's going to be now. <laughs> yeah, it has to be because of GDPR. Well, yeah. It, yeah. If you look at everything that's happening on um, online, we're already tracked to the to the 99th percentile. I mean, they know everything about us. Let's be frank. They know everything. Facebook, they just know. They know us. Most of these sites know us better than our spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends or significant others. Podcasting, we know a little, a little. We haven't, we're at the 25 percentile knowledge base right now. You know, really maybe 50 
Um, RAD takes us uh, maybe to 60 or 65%, but we're still not implementing stuff that's tracking you, what you're buying and what sites you're on. And we're not doing that in the podcasting space. You know, it, it brings us back full circle to the stats thing. And for, you know, I'm not the only one. Rob from Libsyn, Mark from PodTrack. Um, you know, we've been in this stats game for 14 years. And yeah. uh, we, <laughs> we, we understand it very, very well. And the, the coalescing of the 37 companies that came together to participate in the podcast measurement standards is fantastic. Now, if we'd get all 37 of them to implement the standards they agreed to, that would be a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, and each individual version as well. But yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, I mean, just just having a look, for example, in, in the other world of radio and radio measurement, when you're looking at online radio measurement, well, that's theoretically, that's 100 percent, 100 percent accurate. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you now, it's 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 not. No, there's absolutely no way. I, I was reading um, uh, there's a great blog blog post from a guy who works for an online radio station in Sydney here in Australia. And he got his stats from his hosting company and he was there going, well, this is brilliant. We've got, um, I think the figure was 28,000 listeners uh, every single day. And then he had a, a look a little bit closer and he realized that 27,000 of those 28,000 <laughs> were actually only only connected for four seconds. Right. Yeah. And it turned Bot. out they were stream bots and or bots that were just connecting and going, oh dear, this is a stream. I don't want to be having a listen. Uh, and, and so on. And so you ended up with this, um, you know, with this uh, headline figure of 28,000 and it turned out to be only 2,000. Yeah. And of course, that's not even 2,000 people. That's 2,000 devices because there is nothing online that measures people. It's all measuring devices. So I can tell you with great certainty, unless I log into everything, but I can tell you with great certainty how many devices access my my website. Um, I can't tell you with any degree of certainty how many human beings access uh, that, which is why actually things like newsletters are really interesting from that regard. You know, I I, I have an, a, an awful lot more information about how a newsletter subscriber is, um, you know, is consuming something and what they like and what they don't like than I do somebody coming and having a look at it on a website. Um, you know, so again, I think, I think, you know, you're, you're right that there's lots of issues around uh, privacy. Um, and by the way, I should also say, uh, you know, if you think the, U the U.S. is gone privacy crazy, I, I ended up uh, speaking a couple of a couple of years ago in a conference in Germany, and I was talking about the benefit of personalization, just personalization, nothing more sinister than working out, you know, you 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 you're reading all of the sports stories, so maybe we'll give you a few more sports stories, and and they said, but that's against the law, we can't do that. Um, and I was saying, why would you want to make it against the law? Why, why are you so concerned? And then somebody took me aside afterwards and said, James, let me tell you why we're concerned about uh, knowing what other people are doing uh, online. Do you know where you are right now? And I said, well, I'm in Germany. And he said, no, you're in Berlin. You are less than one kilometer away from where the 
the head office of the secret police was, and that's where they used to spy on every single German, uh, you know, uh, and, and you just suddenly realize, oh, yeah, there is a big deal here. Um, and it's a deal which is a cultural deal, particularly strong in Germany, particularly strong in some of the Eastern European areas. Um, and that's why, you know, the whole privacy thing matters so much to them because they're there um, with a lot of very different history than the history that you or I might have had. Um, and you suddenly go, oh, yeah, I kind of get that. So it's a really difficult one. But it's really hard on one side to go – uh, to go, we've got no information. How on earth uh, can that possibly work as a media uh, industry as we go forward? But on the other side, um, you know, wanting as much information as we uh, as we possibly can do. So there's a real sort of interesting middle ground, and I'm not sure that anybody really knows where we're going there. I know we've talked uh, a lot about stats here, a little bit, kind of around the yeah, around the thing thing. here. Yeah, it's just it's a thing that predominates every predominates everything but you know looking at the international stuff and uh, you know I, I look at brazil consumption and uh you know there are shows in brazil that have a million million listeners per episode and uh they're never we never hear about them being mentioned no. you know you never hear <laughs> there's no u.s show that has a million listeners but there are shows in brazil that have a million listeners per episode and um and long shows, two, three hours, you know, so it's, it's a whole different ball game in some of these countries, but their model is different, you know, and how, uh, in the, in the culture is different. You got a lot of people working factories, standing for hours on end. They have doing a monotonous job and they're, they're plugged in. They have to have something to listen to while they're doing that job. So, um, I could foresee in China, something like that proceeding where Chinese shows would have. You know, because it's so much factory work, people sitting and mm. could sit for hours listening to shows. So um, I think it all depends here in the United States. We don't have time, 15 minutes to brush our teeth, you know, so <laughs> it's it's a whole different. Yeah, it's a different cult. It's a different culture on how people listen is what drives some of these shows in some of these countries. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, uh, you know, India is the fascinating market from my point of view. Uh, lots of difficulties with India. There are uh, 12, 12 different uh, official languages plus uh, in India. So already that, that makes life uh, a little bit complicated. But certainly the amount of people and their connectivity has changed incredibly over the last uh, five, six years. You know, they've moved from, um, you know, everybody having really cheap phones with no data uh, capability whatsoever. I mean, when I was last in uh, uh, in India, they didn't even have 3G. Um, now they've got tremendously fast, very, very cheap uh, data. And already we're seeing lots of uh, folk making great podcasts for uh, Indians that want to keep um, keep in, in, in a touch with everything else. And they're doing things very differently as well. There was a, um, uh, a couple of years ago, there was an advertising agency uh, in one part of India that realized that they wanted to get out, you know, the soap powder or whatever it is that they were trying to, trying to uh, sell. They wanted to get out uh, uh, ads about that, but there's no real TV um, in this particular part of India. So TV doesn't really work uh electricity is you know sometimes there and sometimes isn't 
but they realized that mobile phones were fantastic. And so they ended up building in something which, is, uh, which, which was just you ring a telephone number, you, you let it ring once, you then put the phone down, and the system rings you back and plays you what I guess you could call a podcast about a 20-minute uh, uh, clip of audio with some music and with some showbiz news and with some ads for the soap powder. Um, and you just think that's really clever. It's a really different way of doing things um, to essentially give, um, give shows free to people with no data costs, with no you know, complicated uh, telephone costs, completely free, um, and something that you know clearly worked for them in terms of advertising as well. So you know, I think what I find interesting looking in each individual market is just seeing new and interesting ideas of you know how to use uh, podcasting and how to use different forms of uh, of, of uh, marketing and different forms of audio as well. Now that that kind of technology, James, was in the U.S. Uh, back in the early days of podcasting. Yeah. Um, uh, and one of the companies was called Celicast, where it did that very similar thing. You basically called a, a unique phone number, and it would play the podcast um, through the the audio calling capability yeah. of the phone. This was before smartphones. This was back when phones were kind of stupid, and they didn't really have any screens. And, yeah. and um, so it would actually just play like it was – uh, like a phone call, right? So it would play yeah. the audio just like it was, you know, somebody calling you on the phone. So um, that that kind of service has kind of disappeared here. But you're right. I mean, a lot of places around the world, I could see that kind of technology coming into like Africa. And I don't know, you know, people don't talk a lot about what's going on in Africa too uh, around podcasting. But I've mm. I've talked to a few people uh, at, at at conferences around the world um, that are that are doing podcasts in Africa too. And, and the, there's a lot of activity going on, you know, on that continent as well. So they're still you know, doing, they're still doing yeah. CD sharing in Africa. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's difficult when wind you wind up radios. You talk about and, Af- yeah. 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 I mean, when you, when you talk about Africa, it's obviously uh, many different countries and some of them are very advanced and some of them aren't. I mean, I, I covered a, uh, exactly. A podcast network starting up in uh, South in South Africa a couple of days ago, you know, as one example. Um, and you know, I've linked to podcasts from Kenya and from Nigeria and from m- many other places as well. But yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, I think I think actually. Um, uh, what what we're seeing in some of the uh, and I hate the phrase developing countries, um, but you know in in some of those places what we're seeing is um, you know they've got um, they've already got um, much better mobile connectivity. They've skipped the whole the whole landline Wired. stuff and the ADSL stuff. They've got great mobile um, tech. It's very cheap in comparison. And so, actually, they've got great a great opportunity, both in terms of internet radio and in terms of podcasting as well. Um, and so, you know, again, I think I think there's going to be a lot of innovation there, but also a lot of opportunity because they have never um, been able to have such direct uh, access to um, uh, European media to US media in the past. And podcasting, you know, again, by and large is a very global thing. So, you know, great opportunity, I think for a bright, uh, you know, a bright organization to actually go, well, what, you know, is, are the new, 
new types of shows that we can be doing? Are there new types of genres that we can be focusing on? Um, and, uh, you know, I think Steve, Steve Pratt from Pacific content posted last week, something about, or maybe it was Dan Meisner posted something about, um, where is podcasting's family feud? <laughs> where is the big, the big TV, um, you know, show that podcasting, you know, uh, uh, hasn't yet replicated. And I was telling this to somebody the other day at a podcast launch here. And he said, oh, that's interesting because I've always thought, he said, I've always thought of podcasting as being the audio equivalent of a bookshop. And I thought that's really interesting because you walk into a bookshop and what are, what are the books that really sell? Uh, true crime, uh, self-improvement, um, yeah. you know, all, all of the same things that work well on podcasts with one exception, and that's biography, which doesn't appear to be anywhere in terms of podcasting in comparison um so i thought well that's really interesting maybe we should be looking at um books the the book uh, bestseller lists to work out what podcasts are going to be really successful in the future rather than have a look at uh, you know trying to ape um you know family feud or god help us american idol i think um based on my discussions with, recently with some very significantly major players i guess that's the best way i can say that without saying who they are um <laughs> significantly major players yeah um in in the you know because it's you know there's well let's just put a major player in the uh cable tv space or in the cable space is the some thoughts on what they're going to be doing with programming that um, is basically fills in the rest of the pieces to stories that are missing. Like you take an example, take a, you know, whatever the run is, 12, 13 weeks. And uh, let's just use Westworld as a, an example. And it's the company I'm mm. talking to is not HBO. Let's just use Westworld. Mm. So if you think about watching Westworld, there's lots of questions that are left unanswered in that program. And you're, and maybe sometimes purposely so because it's going to be answered down the road, but there's all these side stories about people. So think about a podcast yeah, that yeah. Uh, has the actors in character doing some of this backfill in a story form of some of those side stories. To me, that is just one genre that would just explode. It would be you want to talk about a million listeners to an episode that's going to do it. That's going to be monumentally big at a compares to the price of that episode for TV was a hundred thousand dollars or a million or whatever it cost them to do that episode or two, you know, what if they got $10,000 in production cost in a, in a podcast, it's nothing. It's a rounding error as compared to the TV production cost. Mm -hmm. And this is how you keep the audience engaged between seasons um, from, from a television perspective. Mm. So why can't some of that be done? Fan fiction be done. There's, why couldn't someone come up with their own storyline? You could, you could get very creative with content that's out there or books or, you know, there's lots of stuff that can be done. And I think there's, those genres really haven't been hit too hard, um, which really could be, I think, which, could really lead some really incredible content that answers your story, James. Why should I listen? And well, there's a reason, you know, this backfills some of the stuff that you haven't heard or want yeah, to Rob, know. 
Well, and actually most of the content in the podcasting space today is more reality-based. I yeah. mean, if you look at um, all, all the different shows that are out there, whether it be politics to even even serial, I mean, uh, those are based on real-life uh, reality stories. Mm-hmm. The, the untapped area of the podcasting space, and Todd, you just were talking about it right there, it's fiction. Um, that is a relatively untapped area of content in the podcasting space today. There, there just isn't a lot of it, um, out there yet, but I think it's coming. You know, I, I think that, that may be the next big wave. You know, it's just like telling a fish story. You know, the fish was this big, right? And of course the fish was really that big. So, you know, there's a lot of great people that tell some really whoppers of stories. They, they need to be podcasters. <laughs> but Todd, does that, is that trend line kind of, um, the opposite of what this medium was built on, which is authentic real it, life. I think it's a, it's a genre. As long as you know, it's fiction and you, you know, you know that you're, you know, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, I think there's a place for it. You know, audio, I could, if, I, we, if we look at this, if we look at our, our medium as audio, rather than just as an RSS enclosure-based uh, uh, audio file downloaded to a connected or interconnected uh, d- device. If you look at it just as audio, then, of course, you know, radio drama has a long and wonderful history. Um, mm. and, I think, and I think, you know, absolutely right. You know, I, I find it weird as a Brit um, uh, watching the, the Americans rediscover <laughs> audio drama, and I'm there going, but, you well, know, it, it went away. Oh, we've got... <laughs> You've got so it, much of it. Yeah, I know, well, exactly. Commercial just, radio lost yeah. its way on that. It went, yeah. it went way of the dinosaur. Let's not go there. About, about the time, <laughs> about, just about the time TV came on the market, it went away. So we're talking, you know, yeah. a long time ago. And there's still yeah. and there's still drama every single day uh, in the UK on the radio, amazingly. Wow. That is but, interesting. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I would definitely get that. And I, and I think also, you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, SBS, which is a, a TV network uh, here, they are running a bunch of um, podcasts, which are specifically TV fan podcasts. Mm. Um, so there's one around, um, around uh, Batman. So they're showing the, the 1960s Adam West Batman uh, shows. And they've got a Batman fan podcast, which they are, you know, doing, and they are doing specifically about the episodes which are going to be on next. Right. And you think that's that's a really clever plan of, you know, as you say, getting people um, uh, more attached to the shows that they're watching um, and giving them a bit of, you know, the director's cut, the director's commentary, if you like. You know, that's a, it's a really nice, nice sort of plan. So, uh, yeah, it's some interesting things going on there. So the space, I think, is the future is bright. And James, you're right. We got to get more people in. Rob has been concerned about the growth of listeners for he's more concerned about it than I am. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I think this re hits home. I don't know, Rob, do you, has there ever been a survey that's asked that question here that James brought up about the, you know, why should I listen Oh, as far as getting getting the industry to give feedback on that question? No, no. Is, has no. that ever been asked of an American audience? So the, the, I don't the think data so. that I, I was so. I was quoting was actually U.S. Oh, it was uh, U- U.S. and Canadian. Oh, uh, yeah. But it was U.S. and Canadian 
it's it's a thing by Jacobs Media. Oh, they did. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Call, call, the call the tech survey. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but it's important. Yeah, it, it's Jacobs important to point out who. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and Fred does this every mm-hmm. every single year, and it's a great survey. It's important to point out that it is asking, um, it is asking people who are VIP members of their local radio station. Well, so it's asking people who are super fans of radio, hmm. or or if you like it better that way, super fans of audio. Right. Um, and uh, you know, but even even with that caveat, it's a very useful piece of um, it is. of uh, data, I think. But of course, a lot of radio people, though, <laughs> um, if they're super fans, I can understand they would respond. Why? Why should I? Um, yeah, that's true too. But yeah, but at the same, you know, is it is it going to be three times more than mm-hmm. the actual than the actual figure? But it's still a big number. Um, you know, that's the interesting question. It is still a big, a big number, and I'm sure that we could do a better job at uh, at uh, doing that. I mean, heaven knows how many people you you probably see every single day who goes, "Oh, so you work in the podcast industry? What what exactly is a podcast again?" Actually, I don't. I haven't been asked that question in. <laughs> Have you not? Probably. Oh wow! Probably, there you go. Probably five years. Ah oh, well. Yeah. Well, what's your podcast? And they immediately open up their phone. And they know where to go to get it. So, um, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, very nice. So, yeah, and I gave I gave Fred, um, you know, as part of the tech tech survey that he did. Yeah, I was down at the Worldwide Radio Summit down in L.A. Yeah. where he presented it to the group down there, and I mm-hmm. I I I talked to Fred afterwards because I thought that um, that that part of his survey was really kind of. Un, uh, undeveloped, right? So, I mean, a lot of the answers that people gave to that question of uh, why they listen to a podcast or why they don't listen to a podcast was kind of, it felt like a little bit of a, like a push off, like I, I hadn't really thought about it or it, it wasn't yeah, really important yeah. to me, but it, it, it really didn't dive into the key question of, of really why a person isn't listening to it. What is the obstacle uh, I think the top response was they, you know, was basically they just didn't care, um, and I guess that was that was a little <clears throat> of a of a problem, right? As you look at the, the the data, because well, why don't they care? Is it because they didn't identify with a piece of content that was interest to them, or was it that they just didn't know what a what a podcast was. So there's a lot of questions that we need to dive yeah, into. Abs- absolutely. There is. And, yeah. and, you know, and this is probably, uh, you know, to come back to the, the podcast marketing board, uh, you know, it's probably one of the things that actually a, a, a set of, a set of people who are there, um, to further podcasting as a whole, um, you know, might be able to, uh, to uh, fix maybe. But of course, you know, we'll we'll do the easier things first, like you know, solve solve world hunger and uh, you know, peace in the Middle East. Once we fix those things, <laughs> then we'll move on to the harder job of getting podcasters to work together. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, in the early days of podcasting, there was a sense of true community and working together to solve a lot of problems. Yeah, and um, and that has. You know, of course, we were small. You know, there was, you know, first year, a couple thousand of us. You know, so um, can I can I push back on that a little bit? Sure. I think I think there was a sense of a shared enemy. Oh yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think, and I think maybe that is yeah. the that's that's the thing which 
which we don't necessarily have as much now. No. Because that, that shared enemy is now in our bed as well. Yes. Uh, in terms of the, in terms of the, who the might community, that be, James? Who might be? Oh, yeah. That's right. Um. People, don't, people don't realize how much hate, hatred. Who was yeah, that well. group? Who was that group, James? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it it was a very entertaining I, I went deliberately wearing my Firefox version 1 t-shirt which I still have I might dig it out at, at Podcast Movement um, but I went deliberately doing that and deliberately sharing as much information as I possibly could uh, just in case um, but uh, yeah no, you know uh, but, but I think you know I think actually a shared enemy is a useful thing yeah. because it actually gets us all pointing in, in right. the same in the same direction it's just that you know our, our shared enemy maybe might be sort of somebody a little bit different now yeah um you know and actually i think i think you know obviously we can uh, we in podcasting can learn a lot from people who've been making audio for the past 100 years and similarly <laughs> people making audio in the same boring way with weird bits of jazz in the middle of a news program they can probably learn quite a lot from the way that podcasters make audio as well so i think there's probably a, a big amount of uh, shared knowledge that might actually benefit all of us so you know boy, in the audio boy, space as we go talk forward. about beating around the bush so james right? are, are you are you uh, you know we don't beat around the bush here the, the, this is this is why i can't this is why uh, this is a this is a great release because i don't do opinion in podnews.net so this is a great release of me being able to say <laughs> things that i can't say there so i think there was someone had the uh had a slogan podcasting to kill the radio star or maybe that was on a book or something like that no, i was on. i think it was on the front page of wired uh <laughs> Or wired or some some big uh, tech magazine back in 2005 but but, but also <laughs> yeah. people need to understand it, it okay it's in my presentation so there, there's a reason it, for those of you that are haven't been around long it, really what it was is there was no way at the time let's go back or we're gonna go back and just quick history lesson here there was really the only way to get your voice out mm. there was on a website and you have a player. That was yeah. really the only way. And people were doing audio online. That was plenty. But the simple That's what I was doing. Yeah. The the simple ability to take that media with you and not have to tune into FM one hundred in your car, that was that was a revolution. It was freedom. It was F the man. I am not gonna have to listen to your uh, we say here in Hawaii, kaka. I don't have to listen to your 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 stuff anymore. I listen to what I want to listen to, and people now have lots of choices. We all yes. it's it's automatic. I can tune to Pandora. I can go to Spotify. I can I can uh, listen watch some YouTube videos. Like that was not possible. Yeah. Well, and Mr. Adam Curry was the kind of ringleader of yes, that. Yes, he was. And at the intro of every, every one of his episodes, um, he kind of made sure that that was clearly the culture oh, at the time. I, I, can yeah. all, I can hear it now. Like, what is the, <laughs> oh, I got to go back in. We got to play that intro 
But you know, you, yeah. you, you see, you say this, and then, and then, you know, the the fact is, ninety three percent of Americans listen to the radio well, every course, single week. That's course. more. That's yeah. more. More Americans listen to live radio than watch the TV. Yeah, yeah uh, but my contention know, on that, James, is: Are they actually listening? <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a different that's a different conversation. Um, but you know, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, I and I listen to a fair amount of community radio where anybody can get on. You, you, you still have certain rules and regulations, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, great audio is great audio, however it is delivered. And I think one of the difficulties that radio has is that people involved, you know, I'm a radio consultant by day, um, and that people who are involved in radio think of themselves as being an, uh, an AM or an FM broadcaster. And at the end of the day, you really aren't. You're making great audio. And the AM FM stick is just one way of getting your great audio out there. And get it out there in as many different possible ways as you can and tell the stories of the people who live in your community, uh, whether that's your local community or your community of common interest um and and you know that that that's that's the thing that i keep on trying to get over to radio broadcasters is stop thinking of your fm or am mast and think of other things as well you know uh video killed the radio star is another thing that drives me there are two things that drive me scatty video killed the radio star um, which obviously was this, the first song on MTV, which now no longer <laughs> plays songs. Um, uh, so that clearly failed. And also uh, the, the, the insistence that any uh, website has, whenever they write a story about the radio, they have a picture of an old-fashioned 1960s Bakelite radio. <laughs> A 1940s <laughs> Bakelite radio uh, on there to um, to market, you know, this, uh, you know, something that still 93% of Americans listen to every single week drives me mad, you know. So, um, you know, and it's the same with, you know, if you're writing about podcasts, then you have to have a microphone mm -hmm. and maybe, and maybe a pair of iPod, of iPod, uh, you know, headphones. Um, because that's the way that you talk about podcasting, and you know it'd be nice to be able to step forward a little bit from that. I think sure. too is that you know we talk about this a lot on the show is that you know radio's got twenty years left, but you know it's like the three minutes to midnight in the uh, nuclear uh, you know Armageddon clock or whatever it is. Um, they have their own clock, and it's uh, it's fifteen minutes or fifteen seconds to midnight. They are. They're with the, close. with their digital with the way digital is and with you just and James you got, you have kids yes how can I ask how old they are five okay so not quite there yet but you just yeah. watch when you know they you give them their first device that they can listen to something with and they'll never you know they'll never Do listen you know to radio. My, my my daughter is in the room just below us uh, mm -hmm. here. And, and the reason why I know that she can't hear any of this is because she sleeps with the radio on. But there again, you know, mm. we're, not, we're not a normal family. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I think we'll see, at least in my household, you know, turn that, if I ever turn the radio on to like get drive, if I usually use Waze or something to figure out what, yeah. my daughter's like, turn that off, stop. <laughs> you know, it's they don't want they don't want to hear it. So uh, yeah, the, the clock is ticking for radio. Oh, 
this is this is a conversation for another day. I feel yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure I agree with you. <laughs> well, uh, I I think anyone with a, a teenager kids we can, can we see. Can, we can, we can all live together, man. <laughs> we can all live together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, if radio is going to have have a future, I think they're going to have to change what they do. Yeah. So yeah. And I think uh, and and by the way, you 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 were talking about you know earlier the differences between uh, podcasting in in oh. different countries, and I mm-hmm. think radio is almost the reverse of where podcasting is. So podcasting is incredibly advanced in in the U.S. Lots of money in it. Lots of great talent coming out of that. Radio is incredibly behind in the U.S. with all of the money squeezed out of it and with most of the talent squeezed out of it as well and incredibly inward looking and doesn't Mm -hmm. really understand where it's going. Um, And if you look at, you know, radio uh, revenue in the UK in Australia in Finland in Sweden is still going up and it's going up quite substantially. Um, And there's just this big difference, I think. And I think it's interesting that it's almost the mirror image. And maybe the reason why podcasting is doing so well in the US is because radio is so bad in the u.s mostly that's true um you know maybe that's one of the reasons why um but at the end of the day you know we all make great arresting exciting audio um and there's lots to share you know in between all of us gents i think we could go three more hours i can't believe it we're already (laughs) at 90 minutes and uh i've got you have a plane to catch i've got to pull the plug on you guys yeah if if the show's going to go up i got we have to stop now so James, thanks for being up at two o'clock in the morning to three thirty. Um, are you going to go back to bed? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went to bed. I watched. I, I watched a very good play last night and everything else. So it's yeah, it's been a it's been a nice but long night. So if they want to reach you, obviously we go to everyone. If you haven't been there yet, if you're not subscribed yet. Uh, let's see if I can go to podnews.net. Oh, look at that. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Go right over there and get subscribed. Uh, best newsletter in the space by far at this point. And if you, and, and, and James does a lot of good work, so it's important to throw your Patreon support behind him as well. So he and can thank continue you to, you to both do this. For your- for your very kind support as well. I really appreciate yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for what you do. Uh, we appreciate yeah. it. I, cause I don't have time to dig through this stuff. I'm glad you are. Um, <laughs> well, I enjoy doing it. So, uh, how can they re- how can they reach you? What's the best way? What's the email? Yeah, so podnews.net. Uh, you can also drop me an email, uh, James at crid dot land. There you go. That's nice and easy. James at crid dot land. Nice. And I'm also on on uh, Twitter as James Cridland or as Podnews. I bet uh, you either, either of which will, will will work. I bet you cheered when the top level demand of dot a top level domain of dot land came out. What winner winner. <laughs> Rob, what a winner for me. Yeah. Rob, how about you? How can they reach you? Uh, probably the best place on Twitter, um, at Rob Greenlee. And I uh, can also send me an email, too, if you have any comments or questions uh, or any suggestions for the new media show. Um, send it to rob at uh, voxnest.com. That would be great. And, of course, I'm Todd at blueberry.com. We're at Geek News on Twitter. We're off next week because I am in Asia. But after that, uh, I'll be back uh, the following week to uh, give every guys a rundown. But uh, everyone, thanks for being here and thanks for listening to the show. James, we'll have to have you back on. We appreciate you coming on. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Make sure you stay subscribed at newmediashow.com. Everyone, take care. Aloha. Bye-bye. Bye.